Well, praise God. Um, let's look at 1 Corinthians 8, verse 1. First Corinthians 8, verse 1. Now, concerning things offered to idols, we're not going to talk about that. This is the context that this is uh, in. We know that, that we all have knowledge. Knowledge puffs up, but love edifies. And if anyone thinks that he knows anything, he knows nothing as he ought to know. So this is in context, you're talking about idols and things offered to idols, and, and he's saying, you know, we, if you go back to the verse 1, we know that we all have knowledge, but knowledge puffs up. Knowledge makes arrogant. But love edifies, love builds up. But verse 2 says, if anyone thinks he knows anything, he's, you know, you talk about knowledge there, you know, knowledge can get people to think they know something. Well, I know, you know, you ever heard the saying, know enough to be dangerous? You know a little bit about something? Enough to throw around some terms? You know, enough to kind of act like you know something to people that don't know about that? But that also can be troublesome, you know, because you don't actually know. And if you think you know, you could tread where you ought not, do things you ought not because you don't know enough to know you shouldn't do it, but think you know enough that it sounds like a good idea. And then bad stuff happens. Well, that happens all the time. You know, people think they know more than they know. This says, if anyone thinks he knows anything, he knows nothing as he ought to know. In the NLT, it says, anyone who claims to know all the answers doesn't really know very much. Is that true? Well, we're reading the Bible, so we know it's true. But the more you think you know, the less you actually actually know. I mean, if you think you know a lot, that's a truth. That's a sure sign you don't know much. Because if you've been around for a while, the more you know, the more you realize you don't know anything. Because there is so much to know. And when we think we know, we actually cut ourselves off from true understanding. When you think you know, you cut yourself off from revelation because why you need revelation, you already know. If you're the expert, nobody can tell you anything. It's not a good place to be. Look at, let's read a few more scriptures. Proverbs 26, verse 12. It says, do you see a man wise in his own eyes? There is more hope for a fool than for him. Wise in his own eyes. Amplified Classic says, Do you see a man wise in his own eyes and conceit? There is more hope for a self-confident fool than for him. So you think you're wise. Somebody thinks they're, they're wise in their own perspective. Then um, the outlook is not good, saying there's more hope for a fool than for that person. Galatians 6, verse 3. Let's read another one. It says, For if anyone thinks, or let's say, for if anyone thinks himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. If anyone thinks himself to be something when he is nothing, 
he deceives himself. In Amplified Classic, it says, For if any person thinks himself to be somebody, too important to condescend to shoulder another's load, you know, in context, it's talking about some of that, when he is a nobody of superiority except in his own estimation, he deceives and deludes and cheats himself. You know, another angle, just saying, if somebody thinks him, if he thinks himself to be something, he, when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Talking, these things are talking about how we perceive our own knowledge. Now, in the world, you can see so much of this that people uh, think they know so much more than they actually know. It's the spirit of the world. Because it's the spirit of the devil. You know, the devil... Satan, his name's Lucifer, originally called Satan, was so full of himself that he actually thought he could take on God. That's not a good idea. I mean, that's just right from the get-go. I mean, Lucifer knew something about God. We don't know how long Lucifer was around. Long time. And when Lucifer showed up, God created him. God was already there. And he saw his power. He knew him. But, but he also, uh, he, had, he was evidently a free and is a free moral agent. That means he can make his own decisions. And he, he decided it'd be a good idea to rebel against God. Talking about thinking you know something. Think, thinking you are something when you're not anything. I mean, you are something, and anything you are, Lucifer, it, it, it was because God made him. It wasn't because he, he did something. Anything he had, he was given. And then to somehow think, now you, as a created being, are going to take on the Almighty and win. You talk about blindness, you talk about conceit, you're talking about thinking you know things when you don't know. That's the epitome of it. And that's the spirit of the world. And so the spirit of the world is, don't tell me what to do. I I already know. And I don't need you to tell me anything. Right? I'd say it's as much now as any time. Uh, you know, people, people don't want to hear what, what they, they, they don't want to submit to any authority. They don't want to um, yield to truth. There's, it's more like make up your own truth. You know, whatever you think, it's cool. Except that it's not. <laughs> if something's true and you think something else, you're wrong. <laughs> I mean, you know, if you're, if you're in a math class and, you, you know, you got 56 for the answer and the answer is 34, you're wrong. You can go to the teacher and be like, yeah, but this is, this is, this is my truth. <laughs> this is how I came up with it. And if it's a good math teacher, you know, not always the case now. Kids are being told they're right no matter what. And that's really dangerous. Because, you know, if you got a good teacher, they're going to go, no, this is where you missed it. 
You know, in the case of math, you guys, if you know me, I like math. One reason I like math is because you can, you can get to the answer. And, you know, yet you're supposed to show your work. Why are you supposed to show your work? Just to do more work? No, so you can figure out where you missed it if you went wrong. It's not good enough to get the right answer. You need to know how you got there so you can do it again in the real world. But, you know, if, if you've shown your work and you're going down, your teacher could walk you through and say, yeah, right here, you missed it. Now, what if, some, what if the, the student's like, no, I didn't miss it. You're wrong. You got the wrong answer. I don't care. I'm right. Well, that sounds foolish. I mean, it's the teacher showing you, you know, show you 15 other problems that are, that are similar that show you how you're going to do those wrong, too, if you do it this way. That would be stupid. Yet that's the spirit of the world, is that my, my, what I say is right. Well, you know that's not true. If there's a right answer, it's the right answer. It doesn't matter if we have an opinion about it. Is that true? I mean, is it true or not? You, you, if something is, is either true or it's not true, and somebody thinking it's true does not make it true, not even if you have you know, passionate feelings about it and get up and you're, you, know, you can yell and wave your hands, it doesn't make it true. It's either true or it's not. And when we're talking about eternal things and the things of God, uh, we want to know what's true. Do you? Do you want to know what's true? Or do, or do we want to just play games and act like something's true and we're just going to go down and just have a little, you know, uh, club? All going the same direction, all wrong, and just, you know. I don't know about you, but that's not, that's not what I want. Is there a God and can we know him? The answer is yes, we can. He's given us his word. Jesus Christ came to the earth, who is God, as God, walk the earth, so that we could know him. And he gave us his word so that we could know truth. So truth is knowable. And if we're wrong in any way, we should want to know that. Do you want to know if you're wrong? I mean, that, that's not a trick question. It can be tough on our pride. But if we're going the wrong way in life, whatever it is, you know, if, if again, if, if it's in a classroom, if I'm doing the problem wrong, I'd rather know before the test. Before it's really going to affect my grade, Right? If I have the attitude, no, I just do my, I don't, I don't want any input. My way is the right way. Well, in a, if you have that attitude, you could end up with a really bad grade. Right? In life. It doesn't matter if we think something's right. We should have the attitude that if I'm wrong, I want to know it. That's called being teachable. We should remain teachable. It doesn't do us any good. I don't care how old we are, how many years we've been on the earth. That should just teach us that there is a whole lot we don't know. Being around a long time on the earth should bring some wisdom. Because, I mean, there's some things that you can learn just by stumbling over it. If you've been around a long time and just, just not even trying, you find you bump into some walls and realize that's not the way to go.
And so I'm going to go this way next time, right? So over time, we have knowledge that we should gain some knowledge and some wisdom of things. You know, somebody said, uh, you know, older person is talking to, uh, you know, somebody younger and looking up to him. And, you know, this, this gentleman had done really well for himself and, you know, had, had uh, been successful in a number of areas. And so he's talking to this younger fellow and said, how, how did you do all this? He said, good decisions, son, good decisions. He said, how did you know how to make the good decisions? He said, bad decisions, son, bad decisions. <laughs> you make the wrong decision, you figure out, okay, next time I'm going to do it different. Well, if you've been around for a long time, looks like you're making good decisions, but if you go back a few decades, maybe you weren't making the best decisions. Well, if we know that, you know, especially as we get older, we ought to realize, uh, I don't know everything, a whole lot I, I don't know, and at any given time, I could be wrong. Happened before. Not surprising if it could happen now. Now, with the things of God, we are always, you have the truth, you have, you have knowledge, should be based on truth, but we're all growing. We ought, we ought to be growing. Everybody should be growing as a Christian. Well, if you're growing, that means you're adjusting. That means what you thought five years ago might be different than what you think now. Well, that could mean you were wrong. Nobody likes that terminology. I don't like that terminology, but it's the truth. We're growing. In other words, where we are perspective... We saw, mm, I see clearer. I see more from the Word. It's not that you were completely in heresy. It doesn't mean that you were completely in a ditch. It just means you see more truth now than you did before, and you can put more of it into action now than you did before, and that's okay. In fact, we ought to be further now than we were 10 years ago. I fully expect, if Jesus doesn't come back within the next 10 years, I fully expect to be further in 10 years than I am today. doesn't mean everything's going wrong in my life today. I just, I just expect to be at a higher level and walking closer to God, higher and more in His things. And I know that's true now than it was for me than it was 10 years ago. And so we expect that. Well, how are we going to come up if we have a closed mind? I'm talking about closed, unteachable. I, I, I know everything now. I'm at the pinnacle. Nobody can tell me anything. We don't want to be like that. And because this is the spirit of the world, and so we don't want to have that. We don't want to have anything to do with the spirit of the world. We have to be careful that doesn't get into, into us and just stay open. That doesn't mean you're open to everything. That doesn't mean you're open, you're just, you know, you go around just whatever anybody says, oh, okay. No, you're based on the truth. You don't just go listen to everything. You're looking for Scripture and, and, and uh, truth based on Scripture, not half a Scripture and a bunch of opinion, slickly packaged and well photographed. or what. You're not looking for that. You're looking for solid, bi- scriptural basis that you can lean on, right? 
that, that it's not like, eh, have you ever had that feel? Like, you know, you hear something and you're like, boy, that man, that's really sounds good, but I really don't know how they got to that conclusion. It sounds really good, but I can't really repeat it because I can't really totally connect it to God's word. I see where you could kind of twist it, but it's just not enough. It's not like foundation. I can't lean on it. It's like if I put this much weight on, it's going to be... You know what I'm talking about? So we're not talking about just going around just, ooh, new, bright, and shiny truth, quote-unquote. You know, somebody's philosophy, oh, and it sounds like they look really cool, and, you know, looks like they're doing real well, so I'll do what they're doing. It can't be like that. It has to be Scripture. It has to be truth. So we don't, we're not talking about that. On the other hand, we can't be so entrenched in the way we're thinking and what we believe that we're not open to grow and to be... Uh, go deeper and to have things in our understanding tweaked. You know, people can say, well, I mean, we could all think, well, of course I'm open. Well, we just have to make sure we are. Because pride, if Satan can't, see, Satan's not going to get too many people to go full out devil worship. He'd get a few. He gets a few people to cut themselves and make sap blood sacrifices. Yeah. But the majority of people are not going to buy that. But there's a whole lot of people that are going to be deceived subtly by stuff that looks good, sounds good, but it's not the truth. It's not based on the Word of God. It's not His, it's not what God said, it's what a man said. And so part of the way he gets people in, it, you know, pride is a tool. If he can get us closed off into thinking we're right and I don't want to hear, he'll get us to close off from the truth. Get us to, to just, you know, center up on what, what we think or where we're at. Because here's the thing, we've got to watch pride in these areas. Because here's the thing, if you've been walking a certain way for a while... For you to change that or to to change your understanding, you have to admit that where you were wasn't it. And sometimes our, our, if we're not careful, I shouldn't say our pride, pride can get in there and keep us from from moving in the right direction. Look at 1 John 4, verse 1. So we want to be open. Before we go there, let's look at Proverbs 1, verse 7. Skip down to Proverbs 1, verse 7. We'll come back to 1 John 4. I want, you, I want to read you this verse. It says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. The fear of the... Now, that doesn't mean runaway scared fear. That's not, you know, I'm, a, I'm afraid... I'm shaking in my boots, hair standing up on the back of my neck, scared. The fear of the Lord means the honoring and the reverence of the Lord. It means, God, you're God, and I believe you, and I honor you, and I reverence. It gives the the image of, I bow my knee to you. So the honor, the reverence of the Lord, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. So true knowledge begins with acknowledging the Creator. It says, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Anybody want to stand up and say, I like to be called a fool? I want to identify with the second part of that verse. 
Fools. Ooh, that's me. Nobody I know wants that. It says fools despise wisdom and instruction. What, what should we... Our, the natural reaction is, well, I don't want that. I don't want to be the fool. What does it say about the fool? Despises wisdom and instruction. True wisdom is what to do in any situation. God's counsel. A word of wisdom, you know, the gifts of the Spirit. Word of wisdom is the highest gift because if you have the mind of God, then you have the answer for anything. All the time. That's seeing. Not all God's wisdom. It's a word of wisdom. It's a part of wisdom. It's, it's seeing into what God has and what God would do. Well, if you know that... <laughs> And there's no problem unsolvable. It trumps everything. The fools despise wisdom and instruction. What does that mean? You don't want to be instructed. But, but who wouldn't want to be instructed? Fool. Do we want to be a fool? No. What does that mean? I'm not going to despise wisdom and instruction. And so it says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. So true knowledge, true wisdom comes from God. He's the author of it. He's the creator. We're just barely, barely, barely scratching the surface of knowledge and wisdom. As much as we know in the, in the year 2022, just barely, as mankind just barely know. The problem is we think we know more than we do. A lot of times. That's a problem. Because you think you know more than you do, then you're going to be closed off to what is really going on. Amen? For instance, if people are so educated that they don't believe there's a God, that's a huge problem since God's the creator of everything. (laughs) That's a major, major problem. If you think you're so smart that you don't believe the one that created you, and you don't believe his things, then you're cut off from all his wisdom and truth. <laughs> We're pretty limited at that point. I mean, it's, it, it, is, it is actually... Um, this illustration is so far like over... Um, like too generous with the ages. It, it'd be like you in your 30s, 40s, and 50s dealing with a toddler, and they think they got it figured out and are going to tell you what's going on, you'd be like, I mean, you know, they can barely talk. They're going to tell you about life. They don't even know life. That is, the difference between you or me and a toddler is so much less than the difference between us and God. Like, it's not even worth talking about. You can't even see the, 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 the chasm is so great. And so for humanity to be like, oh, we got it figured out. That's what this is talking about in 1 John. Look at 1 John, verse four, verse, uh, 1 John 4, verse 1. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. It says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. 
And this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and is now already in the world. Verse 4, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Who? The spirits that it's talking about, those that are in the world. Because he who is in you, who's in you? The spirit of God. As a Christian, you have the spirit of God on the inside of you. Because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Who's in the world? The spirit of the Antichrist. The spirit that is against God. They are of the world. Therefore, they speak as of the world. And the world hears them. We are of God. He who knows God hears us. Notice this. He who knows God hears us. He who is not of God does not hear us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. That those that are of God, those that would listen to God, those that reverence God will hear us. He's saying what we're saying, which is truth. In other words, you're open to the word. You're open to truth. You're open to growing. You're open to more of God. In fact, that's what you want is more of God. It's no surprise if you realize you haven't arrived, you know you haven't arrived and you just want more of him and you know he's infinite. And he said, he who is of God is going to hear us. He said, those that aren't of God will not. He who knows God hears us. He who is not of God does not hear us. See, that is the spirit of the world. Not going to hear the things of God. Closed off. Going through unknowing or, or without the knowledge of without knowing what they don't know. And see, we as Christians aren't exempt from that. If that spirit of the world, and when you see it every day, and you see it all around you in every form of media, with just kind of the, I don't, I don't need anybody. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't need to listen. I, it's what I think. And this is what you hear propagated. It's taught to our children. Whatever you think is right. Whatever you think. People have to accept you the way you are. If you're off in complete error, then it should be uh, told you so that you can get out of it. It's not love to tell our children and to tell people that everything you do is okay and everybody should love you that way. That is setting them up to hit a brick wall when everybody doesn't cater to them. But that's what society has been told. It doesn't matter. It's whatever your truth is. It's whatever you believe and whatever you feel. Well, we got to be careful as Christians that we don't let that subtly get into where it's like, well, this is what I believe and I'm, I'm going on and not be open to what the Lord would tell us at any point and His truth. We should come in anytime we're together to, be, uh, to see the Word, to be, hear the Word preached. We should be open to the Lord telling Him, Lord, bring me up, show me. That's why we pray before we get it. We're not just doing that as a ritual. We, we are joining together saying, Lord, show us, help us, bring us up, because this is a supernatural thing. It's not a religious exercise. We are actually coming together to come further and deeper into things of God so we can run our race better and faster and stronger. 
And so we should, when we come before the Word, we do it with all reverence, with all honor, saying, God, bring me up. Show me where I'm not seeing. Help me to see more clearly, because I want to be stronger. That is in itself acknowledging that we don't know everything. Now, you may say, well, of course we don't know everything. Yeah, but it doesn't matter if we give lip service to that, if we act like we do in certain areas and cut it off. And the thing is, that's in the world, so it's real easy to slip into. It's real easy to kind of slip into that in kind of our our set of what we know and to kind of like, oh, oh, I've heard that. You know, we we hear something. It's real easy. You know, we we start on a message. Oh, I've heard that. I'll check. You know, I I heard that 15 years ago. Okay, whatever. I know that. If we act like that, what did we read? If you think you know something, you don't know anything. If you think you know something, you don't know it as you ought. Because if it was real to you, even if you heard it before, you know there is plenty that you can come up. Because if you're just looking to the person that's preaching's knowledge, oh yeah, that person's limited. But if they're yielding to the Spirit of God and the Spirit of God's speaking to you and you're reading the Holy Written Word, there is no limit. And we know that you can and I can, we can come up higher. So we come with the, the, the attitude Man, Lord, I'm ready to come up. I know there's things about this I don't know. I know that you can show me things that are, I'm going to be able to apply tonight, tomorrow, this week. I'm, I'm expecting to just be taught and brought up. It's a supernatural thing. We are open to God saying, God, I know I haven't arrived, and you bring me up. You show me. See, then, then we can hear. That, that gives us the platform to hear. That's called being teachable. That's called being reverent to God. That's saying, God, you show me. And thank God he doesn't dump it all on us all at once and show us all the things that we need to know and all the places we've missed it in one sitting. We'd be crushed. Thank God. But you know, he might show you, you know, kind of like the, the young man that came to Jesus. Well, one thing you lack. I'm sure that wasn't the only thing he lacked. He said, one thing, work on this thing. Well, that was the, put his finger right on where he was, and that was too much for the guy. He just said, mm-hmm, I can't do that. You know, lay all your stuff down. Mm. That's what God will do. He'll show you, here's, a, here's this. You put this into practice. Here's one place. Ooh, I can apply that. You get to applying that, he'll bring you up in another area. He'll bring you up to the next place. No, God will help us to see. Look at 1 Corinthians uh, 13, verse 8. <clears throat> it says, Let, uh, love never fails. No, nope. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 8. Love never fails. So this is taught, just got done talking about love and all the aspects of love. And so that's the context. 1 Corinthians 13 is the love chapter. But notice what it says in here. Love never fails. But whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. For we know in part. We know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away. Verse 11, when I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, and I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish, childish things. For now we see in a mirror dimly, 
but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I also am known. So this is the Apostle Paul. He's saying, I know in part. Do you think Paul knew anything about God? He wrote a good deal of of what we call the New Testament, the letters. He had a relationship with God, and he said, I only know in part. I'm seeing, you know, in the King James, it says, as through a glass darkly. You know, you can kind of make it out, but you don't see perfectly. Well, that's the way we walk around. That's not a bad confession. The Apostle Paul just said it. We can come up in knowledge, thank God, but what we acknowledge is that what I see is not perfectly as I will see. So I'm relying on the Word of God. I'm trusting Him. That's why we need the truth of God's Word and His Spirit to guide us and lead us because we don't know everything. Because we don't see. And so we need, to have, we need to go and through life going, God, I don't see perfectly, but help me. Help me to see. Help me to come up. Show me what I don't know here. And then, you know, the flip side of that is you go into situations where you don't know. And then you say, well, that's okay, because I already knew I didn't know everything. So I'm in a situation I don't feel qualified for. Well, there's probably a lot of other situations I'm not qualified for, but I just didn't know it as much as I know it in this situation. You know, maybe sometime we think we're qualified when actually we're not as qualified, we're just ignorant. But sometimes when we're faced with something that really we feel like is pushing up against our, what we perceive as our weakness, uh, sometimes you're in the strongest position there because you know you, don't, can't, you can't do it in the natural, and so you are totally relying on God and you actually do much better then. Whereas if you think you got it, you, if you stop relying on God, well, now you've closed Him off. We need to just make it our practice that whatever I'm doing, whatever's going on, I, I, I am going to look to the Lord and realize I can know more. I need his help. I need you to show me. Lord, I, I only know in part. Lord, help me. And just go through life with that attitude. Every time we're approaching the word, approaching, um, coming together like this, we're saying, Lord, bring me up. Help me. Well, that's a strong position. We can just keep coming up, keep coming up. And that we expect to do that till we, till Jesus comes back or we walk off into the other side that we're growing still at that time. And then we're going to step off into eternity and go, woo. Wow. There's so much more. And we're going to see more clearly, like the Apostle Paul's hand, but we're going to realize there's so much I didn't know. The stuff I even thought I knew, I didn't even know. Like somebody said, you know, I think we're going to be up there going, oh, okay, that's why that, oh, oh, so that's why that didn't work. Oh, I thought I knew, but I, okay, now it makes sense. I see now, God, I see why, you know, I was, you know, I thought in this situation I had it all figured out, and I was wondering, why isn't this, and I, now I know, I know. Oh, you were so merciful, we say, Lord, you were so merciful in that situation. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 1, verse 18, we'll wrap up here. <clears throat> now, we want to have the attitude that God knows we're following Him, and that we're, um, we're going to keep coming up. Verse 18 says, for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to, those who, uh, to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise. 
and bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Verse 20, where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this age? Has, God not, has, has not God made foolish the wisdom, quote-unquote, of this world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God, it pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. In other words, since people didn't know God because they were quote-unquote wise, they were listening to the wrong thing, this other wisdom, this influence we talked about in 1 John, it said it pleased God that through the foolishness or the apparent uh, lack of wisdom that the, the cross presented to save those who believed on Jesus, even though our minds couldn't figure it out. See, that's the gateway to understanding. Verse 22, for Jews request a sign and Greeks seek after wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified. To the Jews, a stumbling block and to the Greeks, foolishness. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. See, that is humility when you realize God knows everything. When you realize that everything is in Him, all truth is in Him. And that I need to know His truth in order to come up and to continue to come up. There's more I need to know. There's more I can know. And so I have the humility to know that the answer, whatever it is, is in Christ. The answer is the gospel. The answer is me understanding more of what he has done and who he is and what he wants me to do. And that's how I'm going to get through. That is how I'm able to keep moving up then. And more revelation comes as we have that attitude. That is the gateway to understanding. That is the gateway to answers. And so remaining teachable and, and, and believing that God has the answer and that we can see more is the way to keep coming up, to keep moving forward. Let's wrap up with this, James 4, 6. It says, He gives more grace, therefore He says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. See, he resists the proud. So if we're thinking, ah, well, I don't need it, we're, we're being resisted by God's ways and his laws. We don't want that. It says, but he gives grace to the humble. Well, humility is going to say, I don't know. Humility is going to say, I need help. Humility is going to say, help me. Humility is going to say, of course, I have more I could learn. Humility is going to say, oh, Lord, I need help here. I'm not qualified here. Lord, I'm not seeing it. Show me. And that, uh, that opens the door for us to come up. That opens the door for us to receive answers. That opens the door for us to come closer to God, to see more of Him, and to continue on a path of growth for our whole lives. To always get the answer, if we don't see, we, we know that we can receive, that we can come up. And so we resist anything that would try to close us off. Resist anything that would try to, to make us think, oh, well, you don't need anything. You're, you're complete. You have everything you need. You, you, have, you have all the answers. You have it in this area. You, you've, 
you have all knowledge. We, we've received teaching on this, so we got it all together. There's always something that we can glean and learn. And so we just stay in that attitude. Yeah? Brother Hagin used to say it. He said, you know, I, I, I um, he'll, he'll say like, back in this, he'll be telling a story, and he'll say, well, I didn't know as much then as I know now. And he'll say, don't know too much yet. He goes, the further you go, the more you realize how much you don't know. Well, we keep that attitude. That gives God the ability to just keep pouring it to us. Amen?